Hello. Welcome to It Came From New Jersey podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into an album that came out of the great state of New Jersey. Sometimes we love it, sometimes we don't, but we always have a good time talking about it. I'm Pete. And I'm Bob. What's going on, Pete? Uh, hanging out. What's up with you? <laughs> I'm hanging out. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Cause whenever somebody hears this, who knows? Uh, but it, it, it is rainy and, uh, it's kind of like, like a perfect night for a fucking podcast. Um, so, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know. I, if I didn't have work today, I would have enjoyed maybe podcasting all day. It was that kind of day, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really was. It really was. So, um, Big shout out to everybody. We've gotten continued feedback on different episodes and the different albums. I want to say, and I think we've talked about this separately, but like, it's kind of awesome how much people have stuck with us through the different albums that we're doing and kind of going on the ride with us, even if it takes them out of their comfort zone. So uh, big, big shout out to everybody who has done that. And big thanks to all the people who are listening to all of the episodes, but not listening to the albums that we, that we, we talk about. We've gotten, we've gotten a few uh, emails from people like that who were like, man, I really must like your podcast because I listened to a whole episode about Halsey and I don't want to listen to that album at all. You know, I mean, yeah. I recommend listening to the album, but at yeah, the same too. time, if you're just listening to the podcast, um, I am grateful. So uh same so um very cool and shout out to the people who found themselves comparing these albums uh that are very i had someone talking to me about um comparing the halsey record to the gaslight anthem record and oh, um, interesting it was pretty funny pretty funny all right um so let's let's get into the meat of today what are we doing so we're going to talk about the smithereens album um especially for you it's called um Bob, what kind of, what do you know about the Smithereens? What did you know about the Smithereens prior to getting into today's episode? I knew um, the hit single, Girl Like You. Okay. I knew that. And in the back of my head, I knew more of their songs and was like, oh yeah, the Smithereens, cool band. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second, not familiar (laughs) <laughs> with any of these other songs except girl like you yeah okay um but so so that was kind of cool um a band who i knew the name i knew the hit single that i mean let's let's also uh dust this off it was a minor hit right like it got radio airplay for sure i think it maybe was a soundtrack song mm-hmm and that was about it so it's it's not like this was was like the biggest song in the world at any point, but it's, I I pulled it up here. It hit, um, 41, the album that it was, that it came out on 11 peaked at number 41 on the billboard pop charts in 1990. So, you know, um, that's interesting, but it never, it's funny because this is a band with whose name was bigger than the music to me. So to answer it, I knew one song and that was it. How about right. you? So I was pretty sure I would know one song, but I couldn't have pointed out a Smithereen song to you if you had asked me. Um, but I, I, I kind of assumed they're one of those bands that like had hits that I would recognize, you know? Um, my friend Greg, um, friend of the pod, 
yeah. mentioned to me at dinner the other night. He was like, I hate that band only because every time I ever went to the record store and looked for Smith's records, they had Smithereens records instead of Smith's <laughs> records. And it always bumped <laughs> me out. So um, as a record collector guy, I totally relate to that too. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's certain record sections that I still dread the flip um, through the section where I know I'm going to see 10 copies of this band stuff, but not the one record I'm looking for by another band. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so shout out. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, so you weren't familiar. Wasn't familiar. Yeah. I mean, once I listened to this album, like blood and roses and behind the wall of sleep, I had heard those songs yeah. before. Um, but you know, if you had asked me before I listened with any sort of attentiveness, I uh, wouldn't have known. So they were, I don't know. They were just one of those bands again, which I feel like we've been covering a lot of recently that I had always been aware of. I just kind of never really did the deep dive and never really knew. I think what I thought they'd sound like was pretty much on the mark. Okay. Um, but I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, we should get into that. But for me, I was expecting, cause I knew the girl like you song. Yeah. I think maybe I was thinking this was going to be a little more new wave, maybe a touch of post-punk. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, in my estimation, it it doesn't really hit many of those marks. Maybe you could make an argument. But, um, but again, we'll get into it. Um, where they were from, apparently from Carteret, New Jersey. Which, where is um, Carteret? If you're not familiar, Carteret is in Middlesex County. It is kind of, oh, geez, it's like the northernmost part of Carteret. It's near Avenel, Linden. Yeah, um, kind right of across from Staten Island. Exactly, um, but up the river from, like, um, it's right next to Woodbridge. You yeah. know, so yeah. so interesting. Um, I did not know that. I. I think i was aware that they were from new jersey i thought of them as a new brunswick band for some reason yeah yeah i mean and i think that's close enough middlesex they're in the greater area um i and as far as i know and i'm looking at this right now this is these these musicians this was their project this is it they weren't really involved in anything major before or after this they've kind of did this from jump yep very few lineup changes too Yes, yes, Which yes. Is so. very interesting. I, I mean, it's it's always fascinating to me when a band has been around for like 20 plus years and has had like very minimal lineup changes. So um, we kind of went over our impressions going in, but let's, let's just open it up. I want to ask you a question. Sure. I, I believe that I would qualify this record as simple rock. Simple rock. Simple rock. And it's <laughs> not to kind of, I don't want to degrade it. I, I, I actually re- really, um, well, I'll, I'll parse it right now. I really like the five songs on this record I like. Okay. And the others, I'm not bothered by. I, I, I have, they might have merit. I don't know that they, they fit as much as I'd like them to. But, but for a lot of this record, Almost from Jump, I'm like, oh, okay. So these dudes really like Elvis Costello. 
I think they really liked American rock of the 50s and 60s variety and, and you know, some of the, the nascent classic British invasion stuff. Yeah. But this, the music that I really like is this midsection mm. on the record where, where it does start feeling almost, not post-punk, but like... I think it starts having a little more in common with the British stuff that was going on in the mid eighties, basically from, I don't want to lose you behind the wall of sleep in a lonely place, blood and roses and alone at midnight. Mm -hmm. Those songs, I feel like they have a really different atmosphere to it. And I, I kind of love them, but then you go to some of the other songs, the first couple of songs, the first two songs of the record, strangers, when we meet, and Groovy Tuesday kind of have, I mean, a little Beach Boys, a little, you know, geez, I'm trying to think of who else I, I am pulling it in my head. I mean, Groovy's Tuesday to, Groovy Tuesday to me is like total 60s psych. It's like Chocolate Watch Band and like, you know, all of these like wannabe Beatles, like Nuggets bands. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. There, that's actually, thank you. That's a great way to put it because I was like, there is some like, like through thread, like Beatles, but not Beatles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's all the like, garagey stuff that was happening, like while the Beatles were happening. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I got to the idea of like simple rock. They're doing there's stuff that borderlines on surf riffs, but it's not full blown surf rock. Um, they never go all the way there. And um, yeah, I mean, overall, I found it to be a pretty interesting listen. And like I said, the the five songs on it that I like, I really like. Yeah. So what about you? Where where are you at with this record? So simple rock. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the question. Simple rock. I feel like is it's it's uh, it's apt. Like I think okay. I think it's appropriate. Okay. I think what I was thinking about though when I listened to it was like if you ever like when you listen to a Bruce Springsteen interview, I feel like he always mentions like the same five things. And one of those things that he always mentions is the fact that the E street band was a, was a bar band. So they were, you know, and because of that, they could pick up songs very quickly. They knew all the standards they could, you know, like pick up a cover song with just run one, you know, run through. Right. Um, Someone could jump on the stage and say like, Hey, play this. And they'd be able to pick it up, you know? Um, when I was listening to this, I felt very much like this is a bar band. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way whatsoever. I mean it in the way that they're like, like really proficient at, at just playing songs um, and writing songs. Yeah. So like it, it sounded to me like, you know, they had been playing these songs for a long time, which after I read more about it, they had, I think they had most of these tracks for like five years and were playing them out for a long time before they actually recorded them. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of sounded like a bar band to me. Like it sounded like a band that you could walk in like any John Hughes movie, you know, they like walk into a bar and like, this is the band playing, you know? Um, that's, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think you're you're so so right with that. So is that simple rock? Like, yeah, I think it's simple rock because because here, let's talk about it. The only thing I don't think this has, it doesn't have any honky tonk. Yep, you know what I mean. And it it's not. I think what I would separate it from, like where where we talk E Street Band, 
bar rock, how bar rock, there's no blues to this. I don't think. Am I yeah, wrong? That's true. You yeah, know what I mean? True. But, but I think you're, what you said is you're right. Like this is the band who's playing in the background of a John Hughes music movie. This is the band who, if you're going to, you know, your local sports dive in the Northeast yeah. post 1980, this is what you're getting. Yeah. Um, now, now I don't want to say that in a disparaging way because, as I mentioned, like I actually think they, this band has some tracks. Yeah. Um, but, but that stylistically is where it hits. You know how much, how how into Elvis Costello are you? Are at all? <laughs> I mean, the Elvis Costello. If if you're a fan of Elvis Costello, you should definitely listen to this record. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 But for I me, am- for me, like. I I really like the first two albums. I like My Aim is True and I like this okay. year's model. And then after that It like, loses I, the plot for you. Yeah, there's like tracks. Like accidents will happen as a track. But like I saw yeah. him live maybe fifteen years ago. I was like bored to tears. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. Over <laughs> overall he like doesn't do it for me, but those first two records are are great, I think. Yeah, I I, I think um My Aim is True, some songs. Next three records, four records, some songs. Uh, I mean, there's a couple tracks off Spike that I like yeah, just randomly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like it's not – this is a recent development for me is the, the appreciation of Elvis Costello because for quite a long time, I really wrote it off in that bin of like this dude has that – overly affected vocal that's not it's not fake british at all um but it's got that kind of like it's and it's not it's not even you know it's not even like the british accent thing that you would get from someone um from from an english you know performer but it's that like (laughs) yeah that like sort of picture what someone does when they're they're singing and they kind of drop their voice into a different tone. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like, it's not good. <laughs> it almost is too much. And that's, that's kind of where I put Elvis Costello for a lot of stuff. And more so that I think he probably had bad influence on people doing that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, and that said, yo, I saw him perform at South by Southwest <clears throat> in like a tent to, you know, 150 people like weirdly in just some street in Austin. Wow. And it was not thrilling. (laughs) No, like die to see that show. I know. I know. It's really fun. And you know, what's, what's funny is that I just left, uh, like seeing Morrissey perform at a weird, like VIP show that was pretty full. Like there was, you know, several hundred people there. It was probably, probably 2k. I don't know. It was it, but we had stuck into the VIP area and, um, and I, Morrissey was really good. And I was like, wow, this is kind of funny. I'm seeing Morrissey and then I'm going to see Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. All right. That's cool. And I remember being pretty like nonplussed, but I also have to admit I, I got into, I only got into even the canonical Elvis Costello stuff in the last few years. Sure. So, um, yeah, this record's kind of greased with Elvis Costello. Nick Lowe. Um, Nick Lowe. That's, yeah, so Nick Lowe, the Nick Lowe influence starts to put it into play into like the, the material I like on this record more. Mm. Um, like the power poppy 
kind of vibe. Yeah, like some of these weird, more driving. I mean, well, let me get there. But do you know what a phobac is? Like phobac. It's, okay, so F A U X. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like when a sports team does a throwback jersey, but it's not exactly right, and it's okay. like. Oh, it's it's a fake throwback. It's like supposed to look like that old jersey, but like you didn't totally like that one, so you you changed a few things and kept these modern elements, but like tried to make it look old too. Okay, that's what some of the songs on, especially for you, remind me of. Um, you know, like Groovy Tuesday. Yo, I actually think it's a fun song. Um. I might caught it, cut it, but <laughs> I think it's a fun song. But like to me, it kind of has this light, you know, a, a little bit of psych influence, but like also pop rock of the '60s feel to it. Yeah. Um, the song, and this is the one I brought to you time and time again. I believe my comment was the bass riff, the bass line. Like they they're sending checks to Roy Orbison for that. <laughs> right it's like and it took me a minute i was listening to that song over and over i was like and, and the thing that got me was like, i kept saying mercy like roy orbison does in the song and i couldn't remember what fucking song but it's the pretty oh pretty woman riff like, yeah doon, 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 doon. it's not it's not totally on but it's it's milli vanilli close enough and that's kind of why some of these tracks really have this faux back yeah, feel to it where I'm like, oh, okay, and the production's a little bigger, and you can tell they're not they're not trying to be a garage band. Even though if they strip down these songs, like half this record per- works perfectly as a garage record, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah the, I mean, the, I, I, you I go felt, in. I felt similarly when we. I mean, the, so the first album we talked about on this podcast was the Gaslight Anthem, right? Fifty Nine Sound, and I said. Mm-hmm that um it was basically pastiche the whole record where it was just pulling different influences and kind of celebrating them in different ways i felt really similarly about this record where like what is uniquely the smithereens i'm not exactly sure because everything was kind of taken lovingly you know from other places i feel like um and all the songs I, i i like most of the songs i mean it's a really to your point before, it's like it's a really easy listen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think you can. I don't know. Like, I can't imagine the person where that like has this on in the background and is like, "I hate this. Turn it off." You know, it's like it's Agree. kind. Of, it's easy for everyone to listen to. It's it's agreeable. Um, <laughs> Very like, agreeable. Simple yeah. rock. Agreeable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which like, which you know, I guess if we're going to be critical, maybe that means it's not the record that a lot of people are grabbing for at this point right but um overall i liked it i mean i actually i have to say that certain songs on this record i think were stuck in my head in a way that no other albums we've covered so far on the podcast have been yeah um like strangers strangers when we meet is like a super hit like that chorus is so catchy it's very catchy so like um i don't know overall i i actually really enjoyed it um, I'm curious if their whole career is like similar to this or if there were kind of different dynamics going on at different points. Yeah, um, I have a feeling, and I think we actually have to, we might need to do a follow-up 
specifically because um, the next record after is Green Thoughts, and it comes out a couple years later. Um, this comes especially for you. It was released in 1986. Green Thoughts comes out in 88. Yeah. I am curious to kind of see where they go because, um, I don't, you know, this they seem pretty detailed on in terms of their thoughts on these records. And to me, there's two or three threads that they could follow coming out of this record, out of this album. Yeah. Um, Girl Like You is, I think, three more records after this, you know, um, at least, at least two. So knowing that song, I don't know any of the material in between. That song has a bigger production, um, a touch more uh, pop sensibility, synth, et cetera, et cetera. But yo, quite honestly, that can be, that's the single. That's one song that doesn't, that's not necessarily representative of an album. So I am, uh, I'm very curious to see where they fall because to me, there's basically, especially for you is Strangers When We Meet, Groovy Tuesday, Time and Time Again, and Hand of Glory. And then, and White Castle Blues is kind of this weird outlier. Yeah. So I'm going to put that off to the side. We'll, we'll talk about that momentarily. I think, four- I think that's technically like a bonus track. Okay. Okay. It, it's, it's pretty funny. It's funny. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we'll leave it off. Yeah. Let's, let's leave it off for now. Strangers When We Meet, Groovy Tuesday, uh, Time and Time Again, and then uh, Hand of Glory fall in this kind of like, oh, Fobac there's a lot of things going on. Like you're pulling on these classic Americana rock meets Elvis Costello with these hooks and these kind of catchy choruses and, and like really true format stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's the record that to me is, I don't want to lose you behind the wall of sleep in a lonely place, blood and roses alone at midnight. And there's a song I didn't include, which is Cigarette, which is kind of in between. If there was a song that's a bridge between these two weird records, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and, and at first I was like, I think I really like the Cigarette song. And I'm like, I don't know if I like the song at all. Uh, but <laughs> but I really like, let me talk about, I think we've gone over the first cut of stuff where I feel like they're, they're really kind of pointing at the 60 stuff. And I think your parallel to Gaslight was perfect like honestly like maybe even the distance in time looking back at the material would be paralleled you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like no i mean there's like 50s noir and uh, yeah noir references and all these things like yeah they're definitely looking 20 30 years behind i think just yeah. the way that gaslight were and 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 this record i think i said this um about the overkill record we talked about i feel like this is a record of two worlds and there's the one that's kind of with that feeling and then you look at the artwork and imagery for this record where it's sort of like is this kind of you know almost um an 80s synth pop or new wave or post wave or you know post punk kind of record yeah and that's where the i don't want to lose you behind the wall sleep uh, in a lonely place, blood and roses, um, alone at midnight grip comes from. Mm-hmm. And those are songs that feel <clears throat> like that's where I'm like, Oh, you know, like some of this material could be paralleled to 
some of the early Cure material, or even some of the more driving or jangly Smiths material, or like the more up-tempo stuff. Yeah, because I can see that. I, you know what I mean? And, and and they don't have the same structures uh, song-wise that, that you find in these other ones that are really tried and true. But I almost find them more interesting. And um, yeah, like I, I found myself really compelled by this record because of that contrast and the interplay song to song from these styles because I was really, I really liked some of these songs. And you're right, like Behind the Wall of Sleep, I think the vocal melody on that song, on the on the uh, chorus, is super memorable, like almost yeah. instantly memorable. And uh, I, I knew it. I was like, "Oh, either either they're ripping this off something I know, or I know this this song." Um, but but to that, I would say you could put any of the that group of five songs I just mentioned on a weird like. 80s new wave mix yeah or like 80s post-punk and and people would be pulled in you know absolutely yeah yeah any of those songs too i mean that's i think that's you know to say something about the strength of these songs like a lot of these a lot of these songs are perfect mixtape songs or like you know soundtrack songs which i think they were on a lot of which by the way props to them for being on a trauma movie they were apparently the band in a class of newcomb high so Yo, yeah. How good is that? Shout and out. Talk about true New Jersey shit right there. Good yeah, job. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, man, I, there's a lot to pull apart. And maybe, like, this might be something where we revisit and, like, do a, a straight up sit and listen yeah. where we play the song. But we'll need to get in the same room. So we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, and sit and listen and pause and play parts because. To me, this record has songs that I want to pull apart together um, a lot, like and and talk about like like for for me, I strangers when we meet, I was like, oh, strong opener, oh, groovy Tuesday, cool, all right, where's this record going? Then cigarette throws me a curveball, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, oh, here's this part of the record I really like, like boom, boom, like track four, track six, track seven, track, you know. Eight, track 10 like i'm like oh this is awesome um so so here's my question and well i think you asked this is this band is this record completely lost to the sands of time yeah yeah i mean that's what i was wondering when i when i listened to it because i really don't know where this fits in now like other than people who are you know kind of discovering music and going back in time and, you know, listening to Elvis Costello or Nick Lowe or, you know, things mm-hmm. in that, in that kind of area. Um, obviously those people should listen to this and they'd probably get something out of it. But aside from that, like where this fits in, in terms of contemporary rock, like I really have no idea. I don't know that it does. Yeah. I mean, this hits <clears throat> me the way, and this is where the age shows, but I, I think maybe we've talked about this, but if we haven't, we should. Um, essentially, there was a really interesting blanket term in the 80s into the 90s called college rock. And maybe it, I don't know when, I don't know what killed it, but the 2000s killed it for sure. It became indie rock, I think. It, well, but but also indie rock, yes, indie rock was kind of, college rock evolves into indie rock. 
but indie rock got kind of like it became the point of the spear. It, it right, was like, right. oh, hey, hey, we're going to refine this. We're going to, you know, so, um, and then and then it almost worked backwards, but it left a lot of things like the first three or four REM records. Are they indie rock? Kind y- yes, <laughs> but well, yeah. but they sort of sound, you know, like. What are the replacements? Are they purely like this weird, like punk power pop fusion post punk kind of thing? Like it's not pure power pop to me, but it's close, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so that's where I place this record is I say, this is a college record record through and through, which is to say, if you like the first four cure records, if you like REM, at all if you like the replacements if you like Husker Du um, if you like New Wave um, or if you like any like 80s teen movie soundtrack yes there we go uh, Echo and the Bunnymen I think that's yeah. it. the Pixies it's not it's not exactly that stuff but like there's something for this for you on this record um, and, and it's kind of fascinating because it's not fully there, and and I guess it sort of gets the, the the note here that's kind of funny is that this was one of Kurt Cobain's favorite records, which is that's a interesting, really funny thing. Um, I mean, he liked a lot of interesting, like uh, for lack of a better word, pop records from different periods of time. Like I know that the yeah. Bay City Rollers were one of his favorites. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like Bay City Rollers are just like sixties pop throwaway like i don't care at all but one one hit single and the album is uh, sorry i guess um yeah no it's it's interesting and that's i'm not gonna throw like oh kurt cobain said it was good who cares um no i think yeah i like i like nirvana you know no same but i i actually like you know growing up i i did i'd be lying that mattered to a lot of people yeah yeah no i mean i looked at what he listened to and you know the Melvins are one of my favorite bands probably as a result, you know? So he was into a lot of interesting shit. He was into a really eclectic mix and this band having to fall in there. I also think you kind of identified this. Is this band pop rock or indie rock? Um, Because I don't think they're either. I think they're college rock, which sort of fits in between those two things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. College rock, I think is probably the, best kind of because i think i mean and let's spade a spade i think this band would have been very happy to be pop rock (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and did a lot of stuff right but but they also have tracks on here that are like oh this is like legitimately interesting has some cool stuff going on these are clearly students of music in general so yeah um so real quick let's go through not track by track necessarily but Real quick, like what would you cut, and what like what are your kind of three favorites, and maybe a few that you would cut? I know you kind of mentioned it already. Oh yeah, I mean, all right. Let me. I don't mind going. Uh, you want to do track, track by track? Let's go track, track by track. track. All right. So, strangers when we meet. Um, I think this is a total hit. I think it's a great opener. I again, it was stuck in my head for like days. I kept going back to it. I really like it. I'm keeping it. It's not my favorite song on the record, but when I first on my first listen through, I was like, maybe that's my favorite song on the record. Yeah. So I'm keeping it, even though it doesn't totally fit with the rest of the record. Yeah. Okay. Listen to me, girl. Um, cut it. Cut it. Yeah. I mean, 
it's not a hard cut for me, but this is kind of where this record lags, where there there are songs that aren't, they're not bad. Like, no. again, I'll listen to them, but there's nothing about them grab me. And yeah. this is one of those tracks. I think it's it keeps the energy from the second song in terms of like album flow. I think it works, but yeah, it's not. I think it works right. fine for the flow, but but it doesn't doesn't pull me in at all. I I put I, I didn't list that, but I should have put that in the faux back section of the record. Yeah, true. <laughs> Groovy Tuesday. Um, I am I'm keeping it. It's fun. I think it's got a catchy chorus. Um, I like the hook. It's sort of weird. And if I was actually putting this record together, I might leave it off and put it on a single. But right now, I'm in the mood. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Where are you um, at? I'll keep it. Um, like I said, I think it's like total, you know, there was a compilation called Nuggets that was, yeah. you know, I, I highly recommend to anybody who likes music. Um but it is basically all of the bands that were playing music in America during the time of the Beatles. So like all these bands that wanted to be the Beatles essentially. Um, yeah. and all a song hits. or two, right. Yeah. Who like, they may have done an album, but a lot of them just had singles. Um, this could go on that compilation, but that being said, I think it would have been one of the weaker tracks. Oh, wow. um, it's cool. I get what they're trying to do. I I'll keep it. It's fun. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, cigarette. Um, cut it. I'm cutting it as well. Not a terrible song, but no. Sort of uh, lost in the sauce to me. I don't want to yeah. lose you. Weird, like love letter to smoking. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to lose you. Um cut it it's just it it's it's like listen to me girl where it just it's not offensive but it doesn't do anything for me oh i love it i i really like that song it pulls me in in a weird way and changed the direction of the record i'm keeping it time and time again this one is a hard pass for me yeah um, i'm cutting it yeah it's like early beatles wannabe but like it's the surf rock kind of vibe. i don't know yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not my style if you, if you want a fun exercise, everybody, put on time and time again and listen to it through and then uh, listen to the Roy Orbison song, Oh Pretty Woman, which you probably know. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's pretty, pretty blatant. There's a, uh, not to mention Springsteen again, but uh, every time he plays a show, there comes a point where he starts doing like all of these yeah. like hits, like standard kind of yep. bar jams. Yes. Like Twist and Shout. And yep. stuff like this is that song. Yeah, this is like that for me, where I'm just like, um, this is bathroom break song. <laughs> yes, um, yes, and and by the way, that that bass line, that riffing is 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 all over the place. I played it for my significant other, and she's like, oh yeah, there's a Shin song that does this exact same thing. I was like, yeah, they probably say same source here. Yeah, uh, behind the wall of sleep, um, total hit. One of yep. my favorites on the record keeper for sure super memorable great vocal melody and to me this was a better execution more fully formed vision of what they might have been trying to do on i don't want to lose you so yeah if the whole record sounded like this i mean to your point like you know there being essentially two albums on this album yeah i mean yeah this is one of the hits yeah in a lonely place 
I really like this song. Um, yep. I think the harmonies with Suzanne Vega are great. Um, I really like it. Like it a lot. Total keeper. There are points when it's a touch loungy. Yeah. Uh, and when I said that in my head, I couldn't unthink it. So I am. <laughs> I like the song a lot. I hope I can shake that because I really like the interplay. The vocal interplay between them is excellent, and uh, it's a really good track. Change of pace I, on this. I found that too. I mean, to your point, depending on how I went into certain songs, I would either really dislike them or really like them. You know, like if I don't know if yes, no, it is. It's yeah, it's really wild. I think it speaks to album flow and the importance of how things flow in and and where mm-hmm. you get in things. You know, uh, and it, you know, uh, as as you mentioned, this is a great mixtape band and a great mixtape record because you could pull a song on here and throw it on something, and it's gonna pique people's interest to check out more. Yeah, I mean, um, real quick, this song. So, yeah, please. fun fun fact. Apparently, this is one of the only songs or the only song that they hadn't played live before they recorded it. Um, which I think shows because I don't know, there's a lot of like, I feel like this sounds like a more studio song. Like this doesn't yes. sound like a song you would like hear a band play at a bar. You know? Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, so I thought that was cool. This like there, this, this song definitely showed that they have like chops, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool I agree song. with that. Blood and Blood. roses. Uh, total hit. Total hit. And might I believe be, this is the big single. Track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, total hit keeper for sure. Crazy mixed up kid. Um, fun song, but like I could, I could lose it. Doesn't yeah. really much for me. Uh, inoffensive. Um, uh, I like it more than listen to me girl, uh, but it's not, it's not holding me here. So yep. axed hand of glory. Um, I kind of the same thing. I like it more yeah. than crazy mixed up kid, but I could lose it too. Yeah. Um, and then same, uh, alone at midnight. Um, I like it because it's like you said, it's more in the vein of, you know, blood and roses behind the wall of sleep. Yeah. Um, but it's not as, it's not nearly as strong. No, as I don't think so either. And I don't think it's a particularly strong closer. So you're, you're, you're axing it. I, I'll keep it, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> like of, of, of that, of those songs on the record, it might be the weakest of those. Weakest. That 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 half of the record, I agree. Um, I'm keeping it. I like it. It is a funny. It's an interesting song. Maybe, um, maybe a part or two too long, but but uh, I like it anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, I read that. Um, Denizio, the, the, the singer songwriter, apparently yeah. it took him three years to finish. And I was like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't have finished it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe should have spent less time on that one. Yeah. Um, yo, overall this record, the total length, uh, before we cut stuff, um, a brisk 38 minutes, um, which we've kind of discussed quite a bit album lengths and, and given our background, we're always trying to like cut because we're yeah. like, oh, it's just too long. Even fully stuffed, this record kind of breezes by. Yeah, yeah. It goes really quick. It's a really easy listen. Easy, easy listen. Most of the songs, I mean, this is a 12-song record. Has has a few tracks. I, I even included the White Castle Blues and Mr. Eliminator tracks. Um, 
in my listens and that brings it up to like 44 yeah and it still felt fast when i get rid of the stuff i don't like this record all of a sudden is at like 28 minutes you know yeah um 30 minutes maybe and uh yeah i i think this is a good record i think this is to kind of talk about the question you post before the episode like is this lost in like this is totally lost in the ether. Like this isn't a record I hear anyone talk about with any sort of like, Oh man, that's a record people need to check out. And I don't think people need to check it out, but I do think it's a good one. I think this is like, is this one of the hundred best records of the eighties? Maybe not, but it's probably right there. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think there's necessarily a place for it like right now in contemporary music. Um, It does sound a little dated. Um, But that being said, if you're into anything, you know, mid to late 80s, it's like right in that lane, you know? Um, Yeah, like you you, you could pull, you like making mixes. You can pull a few songs off this record and be real cool and and hit people with some tracks that they're going to love. Yeah. and have not known, you know, like I, I actually was super impressed with, uh, about five songs on this record and really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it largely is just one of those things that this is, you're right. There is a certain dated level to this, you know? Um, but, but that's okay. You know, I, I think, um, I think many, I mean, I think some of the classic records of all time have a, a dated feeling to them and, and that's okay. Yeah, no, sure. Um, White Castle Blues. <laughs> Burger songs, are you pro or anti in general? Man. All right. In general, joke songs. Nah. <laughs> I'm just from a world where they're so prolific and, you know, like, I just don't have I don't have time for it because quite often they're in the mix on a record. Like, all right, for for our punk fans out there, the Descendants, whenever they go into their their fart joke songs, I'm out. I'm I'm yeah. I'm taken out of it. Hundred percent. That said, this being a bonus track, not actually part of the album, I, I found it partially charming. If I have to be honest, I was not I was not offended. It was too long. But wait, I enjoyed the long. prank. Way yeah. too long for a joke song. Yeah. Here's, here's, the, here's the real test. You're seeing the smithereens. They come on for the encore. They're playing White Castle Blues. Are you staying? Uh, my keys are in my hand ready to go. <laughs> they start White Castle Blues. I'm heading to the parking lot. There you go. All right. <laughs> Agreed. All right, Bob. So you picked, you picked the, uh, the record for next week. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, we are doing one that we've kind of had in our back pocket for a while. Um, that's going to be interesting. And I don't know how you feel about it. I'm excited to hear about it. I have guesses, but not fully because of our age. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a record that since it came out has been both synonymous with New Jersey and something that a lot of people either love or hate. And uh, so that's kind of a fun topic to talk about. We're going to discuss Saves the Day through being cool. Awesome. Let's get it. Later.